Welcome to the Who to Thunk It podcast. Uh, this is episode 13. I am your host, Zeb. Today's April 17th, 2020. My $1,200 stimulus check from the U.S. government just miraculously, miraculously appeared in my checking account two days ago. Um, this marks the one-month mark since the coronavirus quarantine began for me. This virus has caused mass hysteria and a lot of suffering and a lot of death. So I thought I'd make this episode about death, specifically an ancient term I have tattooed on my right shoulder. That is memento mori. It is Latin for remember you must die. That's the direct translation. And here's another, here's a quote. In this world, nothing can be said to be certain except for death and taxes. That was famously said by one of the more colorful American founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin. He was speaking from a political point of view. Taxes aren't really certain, not to all of us. They are only certain in civilization. Taxes mean little to the indigenous people of North Sentinel Island. In fact, the only certain thing for every person in this world is death. Death is the one true equalizer. It is something we all fear, or at least feared at one point in time. It is the subject parents struggle to explain to their children. It is the final act to every single one of our biographies. Death is scary, or at least it can be. That is why most of us go about our daily lives behind a thin veil of delusion. Most of us don't think about our own mortality until it is staring us right in the face. But is that entirely beneficial to us? The phrase memento mori is Latin, and it actually means remember our mortality. It forces us to stare death in the face. I choose to see memento mori, to see death, through the lens of optimistic nihilism, as the Stoics did in ancient Rome. A quote from dailystoic.com, The Stoics use memento mori to invigorate life and to create priority and meaning. They treated each day as a gift and reminded themselves constantly to not waste any time in the day on the trivial and vain. The term memento mori is traced all the way back to the Romans. When a general came back to the capital city of Rome after a successful military campaign, he would be greeted by an entire parade of people celebrating him. This was known as a triumph. The people deified the general as a representation of the god Jupiter. That's the Roman equivalent of Zeus. The general's men and most citizens worshipped him for his victories as he rode through town on a four-horse drawn chariot decorated with golden ivory. He was riding high on his victory, but on the chariot with him was a trustworthy slave known as an origa. The origa's job was to stand behind the general, holding his crown, and constantly whispering, Respice poste, hominem te esse, memento, memento mori. It translates to, look behind, remember thou art mortal, remember you must die. This was to remind the general that even though his current ego was that of a god's, he was in fact mortal. Christianity used memento mori to remind their congregations that they would all face judgment sooner or later. The Christian church's notion of heaven, hell, and the divine judgment was brought into the forefront of consciousness by the term. So that's why they used it. 
But memento mori isn't just a tool to check up one's ego or to instill fear. In modern times, people have used the notion of their mortality to inspire. Steve Jobs is quoted saying, Remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death. Leaving only what is truly important, remembering that you are going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. You are already naked. There's no reason not to follow your heart. In Mac Miller's last recorded music video for the song Self-Care, it showed Mac in a coffin carving the words Memento Mori into the ceiling of his coffin. Moments after carving the words, Mac breaks through the coffin and emerges triumphantly from the ground above. Dr. B.J. Miller is a hospice and palliative care physician and a triple amputee. He says meditating on death is looked down upon in our society, but it is the secret to living a better life. He quotes saying, For those of us who work in the field of hospice and palliative care, it can feel like you're sitting on a secret. Sure, it is loaded, emotionally laden work, but you pretty quickly get a real sweet hit of that paying attention to this zone of life is very nurturing. The secret is that paying attention to the fact that you die can help you live a lot better. My colleagues and I are very aware of the clock. We're aware of our finite, our finitude, and so we're just a little more likely to be kind to ourselves and others, and we're a little less likely to squander that time. Of all the perspectives on, the, on our mortality, the Buddhist perspective is the one I find the most helpful. Buddhist practice, Mara Nasati, which translates to death mindfulness. Our Western cultures tend to cower in fear of death. We hide from it, and it is considered odd to speak about death in a social setting. Most of us have never seen a dead body, aside from the occasional funeral. Moreover, death is looked at as something that has gone terribly wrong for that person. But Eastern cultures view death as a spiritual transition of sorts, something not to be feared, but honored. Like all living things, humans have a survival instinct. However, we humans are set apart as the only species aware of our own mortality, or as far as we know. Kim Allen and Shyla Catherine from imsb.org write, How do we live with this knowledge? There are many avoidance strategies, and they tend to look like all the problems of the world. Denial, aggression, covetousness, anxiety, hyper-busyness, and so forth. Entering, interestingly, just turning toward death, even in a very gentle way, starts to erode the fear and pain that underlie all these strategies. Accepting our death, memento mori, can be empowering. It can put our petty little issues into perspective. We are all on a damp speck of dust that is hurtling millions of miles per hour around a giant burning ball of fire inside a galaxy so large our, ti so large, our tiny ape minds can't even comprehend it. You're going to die someday. Therefore, why not climb that tree or play hooky from work or learn how to bake with your significant other? So next time you find yourself fretting over that promotion or uh, feeling dread because you disappointed someone you look up to or just remember that 
that this quote from Rick and Morty, where Morty is trying to calm his sister down from having an existential crisis. Nobody exists on purpose. Nobody belongs anywhere. Everybody's going to die. Come watch TV. That's my little episode of Memento Mori. My credit for this goes to thedailystoic.com. I did get some interesting facts from Wikipedia. Mara Sanati for the Modern World by Kim Allen and Shyla Catherine. And if you didn't already piece it together, the cover of this episode is of my tattoo. The credit for that goes to the artist, uh, my cousin Ryan Norris, who works out of he and his wife's studio tattoo shop in Henderson, Nevada. I'd like to thank you for listening. Episode 13, Lucky 13. Um, I hope everyone out there listening is safe and um, is doing okay during these trying times. Tune in next week to the Who to Thunk It podcast.